Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Slobberknocker Audio. From Los Angeles, California, at the mighty Westwood One Studios, I am good old J.R. Jim Ross. Thank you very much for being with us. Man, we have got a packed show here, folks. A lot of news to cover. Huge weekend for WWE in, uh, the, in Brooklyn. A lot of great things are going on around the wrestling world that we're going to try to talk about and give you an opinion on uh, as best we can. But later in this show... We're going to be talking to the amazing tag team known as the Young Bucks. They're all in, no pun intended, on a lot of ways. They will be a, a featured stars of the all-in event in Chicago on Saturday, September the 1st. And, man, that's sneaking up on us quicker than not. Yeah, check all that out on the Fight app. Uh, but we'll talk to Matt and Nick here on the program in just a few minutes. But until then, ladies and gentlemen... I can't wait, because i got to tell you what's on my mind. Certainly after a very successful uh, weekend, a few days, if you will, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, uh, great uh, productivity by WWE and their team. They sold a lot of tickets. They entertained a lot of people. And I was in a position where I could watch everything from start to finish uh, on television. You know, I watched uh, NXT TakeOver. I watched SummerSlam. Well, I watched NXT TakeOver from my home in Norman. Uh, SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown Live I watched on my trusty uh, iPad or USA Network from my hotel in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, so I really got, a, I think, a decent feel for it. I'm not going to review every single match and what you know what was what sucked and what should, should have been changed and you know, what was us, and what are we going to do, and she doesn't deserve it, and all this other, God, stop it. Mr. Johnny Half-Empty Glass, just stop it. So, uh, let's kick it off with uh, NXT TakeOver. That program, these TakeOver events, and I've had the privilege of being a small part of a couple of them, I believe, never fails to deliver. And that's a lot of pressure, because they know they, meaning the powers that be and the talent and the producers, the writers, they know that they always deliver in a big way. Expectations for this brand at these events are exceedingly high. And with that said, the team of everybody involved in the NXT presentation had a successful Saturday night in the Barclays Center. Really a good show. Now, I'm partial to talking about 
uh, the announcers. And because that's what I did. And that's what I still do. So, and I think I got a good feel for that, uh, that those critiques or that, that feedback. I thought that, uh, Mauro Ranello was as brilliant a point guard for the lack of a better description on that show as anyone could have been. Uh, he, he got the ball, so to speak to Nigel McGinnis and to Percy Watson, uh, in a timely manner. They were a big part of the broadcast. So I thought that the broadcast at NXT TakeOver was one of the most uh, sound broadcasts that I've heard from WWE in a long time, no matter the brand. So congratulations to those dudes. I was uh, I thought the show from start to finish was entertaining. I never felt like, when is this going to end? When can I get up and go make a sandwich? Uh, you know, I want to stick, stay glued. I want to stay hooked as they say in Oklahoma. So, a uh, great opener. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the tag match. Roddy Strong and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. They got it, man. They they got the crowd just perfect. They set the table. And that's what you always want. You've heard me tell the story of Eddie Guerrero having to open up a pay-per-view. He was all pissed off. And he came to me as a talent racist guy. And wh- What's going on? Am I being Am I being jobbed out or whatever? I'm up on the opener. And I explained to him the concept of being how important it was to have a main event level match as your opening match on the pay-per-view. We saw that at SummerSlam. I mean, you know, that's the theory. It's a good concept. Now you can say, well, I think it should be built to where you have a, this match. And uh, so the lesser important matches go on early and you build, build, build. That's another concept that, that certainly will work. But it's not what WWE utilizes. And I understand, I as a television uh, producer type, I like that concept of starting off with something big. Get me emotionally involved early and often. Uh, really some creative finishes there, uh, I thought, were uh, just a really creative and innovative. Uh, I, there was no, I don't remember any disqualifications. I don't remember any countouts. Uh, if there was one, I don't remember it. So it doesn't matter if they had one or not. I just don't remember it. So the majority of the finishes were, were definitive finishes where it either had, where they, in the ideal world, they advance both entities if there's a singles match, obviously. Uh, and, of course, the finishes, uh, Ciampa and Gargano had an amazing finish, had an amazing match. It was the only match that should have and did close the show in a big way. Uh, really amazing chemistry, these two dudes. But their finish was so creative. I didn't call it. I thought Gargano was going to win this thing all along. And I love the fact that uh, I, I got out snookered on this deal. Loved it. Uh, I liked the finish with Shayna Baszler and uh, Kyrie Sane because it was an old school finish I hadn't seen in years. But it's a way that the big, bruising, more powerful villain can lose but not lose credibility or, or stature in the eyes of the fan base. Very well executed. And one thing that made it that was the fact that Kyrie saying sold, sold, sold. And when she got pissed off, I felt it, felt it, felt it. So uh, t- Kyrie set the table, made Shana look even stronger. Shana gets uh, out, out, out wrestled, out maneuvered. And a lot of her own momentum was the cause of that. So good match. Uh, I, I really like Ricochet and Adam Cole, two of the best guys uh, out there. 
it'll be interesting to see how they are utilized when they move up to the next level. And they will move up to the next level because they're just too damn good to not. So they, they turned it on. A lot of respect for both those two guys. Uh, uh, so really good effort uh, for NXT TakeOver, in my view, in Brooklyn. Now, moving on to SummerSlam, I, uh, I thought that the AJ Styles Samoa Joe match was the best match on the card. Uh, I love the presentation uh, where Roman Reigns, uh, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman uh, had uh, getting ready to set the table for their match, and there's Braun Strowman. I thought that was extremely creative. Uh, Well-structured, strong story, and it gave all those men in that, in that equation the chance to do what they do best in their skill set. Good stuff. Good, very good booking. Uh, I like the demon persona of Finn Balor. I think he's a, he's, I don't, I don't like the promos where everybody's talking about how small he is. That's like talking about Bobby Lashley that was not a great MMA fighter, which is also ridiculous. But why would you want to sell and you can't, you know, negative sales just don't work. I remember I, I've done that inadvertently and got my fanny chewed out by the boss, woodshedded, as I say, because you don't sell you don't sell negative negative. Well, he's three hundred pounds, and boy, is he slow. <laughs> well, he's three hundred pounds, and man, he is quick as a cat. There now, okay, now you're going the right direction. You can embellish. Remember, it's fiction, kids. Uh, so I thought that was a, a nice presentation. I don't want to see it every week. I don't want to see it every month. I don't want to see it every pay-per-view. Maybe selectively uh, at when it really, really fits at a major pay-per-view event. The next time I was scheduled to see uh, uh, the Demon would be at WrestleMania. Unless he's on a singles issue at Royal Rumble, maybe. But WrestleMania would be the next time the Demon would be rolled out. It keeps it fresh. keeps it new. And there's not so much re- uh, repetity. You don't want it to get old. Certainly. But I don't like the fact that sometimes uh, Finn's size or perceived lack thereof uh, is uh, put in the minds of the fans. I just say this. Sometimes when writers write that kind of content, they can tell you pretty much that they've never had their ass whipped by a smaller dude. And if you grow up in a state like I have, where amateur wrestling is king, you find a lot of 120, 130 pounders that will literally whip your ass and be happy to do it. And they do it sometimes as entertainment for their bigger buddies. It's just illogical. Uh, I like uh, Daniel Bryan and Miz. I, they kept the issue alive. Uh, I thought that something was in the baby carriage and not the baby, obviously. And then she pulls out the brass knuckles, she meaning Maurice. I thought maybe they would have Marjo in the baby carriage with just a little bonnet on. That'd be freaky. Marjo. I like that show, by the way, Miz and Mrs. I'm enjoying it. I watched it uh, last night as I record this after, uh, after SmackDown Live. I'll say this, Marjo is a viable character in that uh, reality show. And she has some amazing teeth. They're huge. They're, they're pearly white. <laughs> Funny show. Anyway, Miz and, and Daniel Bryant, the issue's still alive. They have amazing chemistry. They got a deep-rooted story. Long, just been, it's been around. Good stuff, and I expect more good stuff from them. Uh, and I believe that with Miz working with Daniel Bryant is going to do nothing 
but make Miz a better bell-to-bell talent. Because Daniel Bryan's got an amazing motor, a hellacious skill set, and Miz, uh, like all of us, has a, a good-sized ego. He doesn't look like he's sucking hind teeth in a match with Daniel Bryan. Uh, a triple threat match at SummerSlam, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. I was not overwhelmed the fact that it was a triple threat match, but I understand why. Because they needed to do a triple threat match to get Charlotte involved so they could spin off with Charlotte and Becky. So I get the logic. I think the match may have been better if it were not a triple threat match as far as the practical application of it. Uh, I think that Becky Lynch uh, uh, is should be, in my view anyway, a, uh, a, a babyface, fan favorite. I loved her here on the show. She was a, a, a wonderful guest. You can tell she's got a genuine heart, how bad she wants to succeed, how badly she wants to, to succeed. So, uh, and I think Charlotte, I said this on a, on a busted open interview I did uh, midweek uh, with Dave LaGreca and, and Bully Ray, great friends and a great radio show, by the way, uh, on Sirius XM, uh, that, sh- that when they said, they started giving Charlotte her last name, Flair. When she became Charlotte Flair, I expect some Flair. And I expect some dirtiest Flair in the game. I expect for someone to do whatever he or she can do to maintain their lofty position, and in this case, as the champion. So I think that Charlotte probably would actually enjoy being that lightning rod, that polarizing figure that's a, you know, a, a, as a villain. Or, or at least a quasi-villain. But the bottom line is that Becky needs to be a clear-cut, underdog, baby-face trying to succeed. We all can identify with that story. So, um, and it's also, think about this, human nature, human the human element. When I signed Mick Foley to, to come to WWE, I needed a dancing partner for The Undertaker. We have a 7-foot, 300-pound baby-face. Some fans have issues processing why I should be concerned uh, when uh, The Undertaker is quote-unquote in trouble, when he's in jeopardy, when he's selling, because he was usually so much bigger than uh, his adversaries. So Charlotte is that way to a certain degree. Hogan was the same way. Uh, you know, he was, he was bigger than most of the heels that he worked with. You've got to be careful. You've got to be excellent. You've got to really be sensitive on how that's presented. It's just hard to have a five-foot, five-inch heel uh, looking dangerous and putting a six-foot-one baby face in jeopardy, human nature. So uh, I enjoyed the better part of SummerSlam. Uh, a lot of TV. I watched all of it. Uh, but I did think that Samoa Joe and AJ Styles had the best match on the card. And I, I believe that uh, a lot of folks are agreeing with me on that, that case. And that's another one. I wouldn't normally adhere and like a, a disqualification finish unless it fits. The fits the parts. The, everything lines up. That lined up to be really, really compelling and personal. The match, the personal elements of the match with AJ and Samoa Joe seemingly to me trumped the uh, WWE title. And that's not a really good thing, but it's not a bad thing as far as giving you more reasons than one to want to watch the match. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I understand, too, some people are concerned. And I'm not concerned, but I do believe that the WWE title should be, always will be, in my eyes, more viable than the Universal title. That's just me. It has nothing to do with who's holding it. The WWE title and the, and the tenure that it has in our psyche 
has a hell of a lot of years ahead start over the universal title, which also speaks to my point. There's maybe there are too many titles. Uh, that could be could be true. They get watered down. So there's that uh, raw strong show because of the finish. The Shield back together was an epic moment for WWE, uh, and it's just hard to hear a soundtrack of how wonderful it is to see the Shield back together when three guys are beating up one. It's count, it's my mind is seeing three guys beating up one in a gang attack, and I'm hearing that this is wonderful. What? That's one of those. Did you see that lines? Did you hear that? It, 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 you got uh, to me. You lay out. You let it play out. Fans are going to boo who they want and cheer who they want. But the bottom line, Stone Cold would say, is the Shield is back together, and I I perceive that to be a good thing. I'm a faction guy. I love the Horsemen. I love the Freebirds. You know, uh, all that stuff. You know, that I love those factions, the Andersons, uh, where they had more than one, more than two guys. So uh, a lot of great uh, factions. I can see others putting themselves together to have another faction to combat the Shield. The question would be: uh, Will it be a heel faction or will it be a babyface faction against the Shield? And I don't know the answer to that right now. But all those guys in the Shield are big-time stars. They all got great opportunities to make a lot of money. And I think that this, the faction thing will be very uh, beneficial to them in the long haul. Uh, so good good for that. Really good. Uh, it's hard to think that the Shield's going to be booed. We have to give them a better narrative and position them with a little bit of, in a shadow of controversy in a antagonist event for that to happen. So, uh, but it's intriguing booking. I like it. I can't wait to see more of it. It was good for Raw, and it was a great way to end the show. I, I thought that Triple H's promo was extremely good, uh, and egocentrically, I will admit, with full transparency, I always feel good when they don't forget about me, and they use some of my sound bites and these packages to tell these stories. And I'm just being honest. Just being honest, that's all. Uh, and I was happy to hear that. It made me feel good. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that, right? So they want to sell tickets. So I mean, why, how they did it, why they did the promo so early? The event's in October. It's on October the 6th, which, by the way, is the same day Oakland plays Texas. So I guess where I'm going to be. Never mind. That'll be another bridge across at a later date. Uh, but they know they got to sell tickets. That's why I did the promo. And he, and he did a great job of positioning himself in The Undertaker. These two old gunslingers are going to return to Dodge City. They're going to walk down the thoroughfare, and they're going to, they're going to draw for the last time. I, I like that story. Uh, I thought that the uh, interaction with uh, Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey uh, is, was, was uh, a surprise. And you can also see a very uh, viable role for Shayna Baszler who's no longer the NXT champion, as an ally to Stephanie McMahon to counteract uh, Ronda Rousey. You say, well, that's just like Vince and Austin. Yeah, hello. That's, that's going to work. Doesn't mean, every, well, that's uh, predictable. It's not predictable. And it's doable. And it's real. And it makes sense. And if anybody on this roster can give Ronda Rousey a run for her money, realistically, physically, inside a pro wrestling ring, it's Shayna Baszler. 
just makes too damn much sense. So uh, a good story being told there. And uh, Rhonda will continue to improve. It's not too much too soon, in my view. Uh, she's a star. People want to see her. They like her. She's got international name identity. If you're a marketer, what the hell is there not to like about that? So I, I and I believe that her game will continue to improve because she's a she's a world class athlete, and world class athletes don't like to uh, be at the back of the line or the middle of the line or in the pack. They want to stand out. I think that's uh, Rhonda's mindset. Uh, I like the six women tag on on Raw, but I'll be honest with you, uh, there's no story there. I like the talents in it. They really had a nice match, but it didn't have the emotional investment that it needed to have because of the the storytelling. And I like the fact that the the villains get a you know they're, they got something back out of it. You got to keep you got to keep if heels don't stay hot on television, you screw yourself. You're in bad shape. You got to have heat on TV to do any kind of business in the live events. And the live event business is still a big component for WWE and any other company and for the talents. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, Staying on the women thing, I, I saw, I remember it was, I think, announced on SummerSlam. Uh, Trish Stratus to come back uh, to take on Alexa Bliss. I love the booking. Uh, big fans of both ladies. But I thought that Trish is undersold. I thought it was almost a throwaway line. And there wasn't the separation or, and the exclusivity that you would give to a Hall of Fame female coming out of quote unquote retirement for one match against a, you know, arguably your best female villain in the entire company. So that's my take on that deal. And I'm biased because, you know, we brought Trish on board under my, my watch and uh, she had an amazing run and was always a great representative to our company. Uh, and finally, uh, it seems like tag matches are cold. I understand and I appreciate WWE trying to make tag teams mean something, but they seem to lack depth as far as the character. I love the B team. They're good kids. They're a comedy act. New Day, comedy act. Yeah, the Usos, money. Uh, you, now you got Harper and Rowan. Uh, Rowan's going to have like bicep surgery, so he's going to be out for several months. So that's put a quabosh on that deal. I like the revival. They're not a comedy act. They're wrestlers. But you got to give them a story. And somewhere along the way, you say, well, how, JR, what would you do? I get, I get at least two teams hot that wouldn't be wrestling each other. They kept winning and winning and winning and found their fast cross. And I got teams with momentum on both sides of the ring uh, uh, for the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Now, here we go. I want to see this. And finally, turning to SmackDown Live, uh, the things that stood out to me the most were the verbiage that was provided, Becky Lynch. I thought it missed its mark. Uh, and I think there's going to be... Uh, adjustments made to that somebody told me that i think uh bubba dudley told me that wwe has sent out a something on dot com where they had omitted and edited out the negative things that becky said that a quote-unquote wrestling villain would normally say becky's not a, a wrestling villain folks she's a baby face and she's a baby face for reasons that we can all no matter what our walk of life is can identify with she's the underdog she has a great heart Nobody tries harder to be successful than Becky Lynch. 
I can feel that. I felt it on the show when we did it. I, I felt it when she did that promo on Tuesday Tuesday night. Look, her she was so excited, so nervous, so into that promo. It was like uh, her mouth kept getting dry. She and I've had I've been there, man. I that's now when that happens. Uh, there's something going on that's more meaningful than playing a bad girl or good girl wrestler. About, to Becky, that was about life. She was telling you about her life there, and as she told about it here on this program. So I, I think that maybe, as I said earlier, the roles may be reversed. I love the action that she had with Charlotte. You know, Charlotte was very uh, giving on uh, making sure Becky had what Becky needed in that confrontation. So I, I really appreciate their efforts a lot. I just think that maybe, as I said, time will tell. But I can see Becky as a very popular baby face, a lot of fire, a great look, a great uh, her accent, her Irish accent is 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 a absolutely uh, you know really special. You listen, you listen to her, and uh, she's just honest. So, and I think Charlotte would love, as I said earlier, being a villain, and she's got the body for it, the look, the pedigree, the name. And the, I think the inclination, if she watched her dad all her life and she did, what was he the best at being a, a villain? There was never a lo- over a longer period of time, a better pro wrestling villain than Ric Flair End a story. Look, all you want, do all your polls. Uh, you, you can go on Twitter at JRSBBQ and tell me I'm an idiot. I'm too old. It's passing me by. The thing about it, difference in me and some of you is that I, I know him. I've seen him, and I've called the matches. When a wrestler can make it easy for you to pick up their story and add the narrative to their music, you know how good they really are. So that's what I think about that. I love AJ's facial expression being interviewed by Renee Young. Uh, it was clear he was in character, having a hard time handling what happened on Sunday with his wife and his lovely little girl at ringside uh, and Joe bringing them into the uh, discussion in a very personal way, which felt very real to me. And uh, then all of a sudden, AJ has what he has to say, and here comes the big guy. From behind, rear naked choke, good night, nighty night, AJ. And uh, I'm glad they kept that open. I am glad that uh, Samoa Joe got some steam uh, added to his persona with those actions. Really, really good stuff there. And and that really was a, the things that, you know, that that I thought were were really stood out. I thought that we saw a side of Jeff Hardy against Randy Orton that we had not seen. I I, I didn't admonish, but I, I said I expressed my regrets and my apprehension uh, of the big bump that Jeff took off the top rope where he landed flat back on the apron. Uh, and I think that's ill-advised. I love this kid. I, you know, I, I was right there with our team hiring him and his brother Matt back in the day when they were sewing their own uh, wrestling attire. Teenagers. Yeah, I knew they were too young. We all knew that, but you kind of turn your head sometimes, and it all worked out, thank God. But his body's been racked, and the rumors are he's uh, having back issues, et cetera, et cetera. How can that be a surprise? How do you take swanton bombs off ladders and cages and other any other thing that's not nailed down and uh, think it's going to be okay? It's not. So cumulatively, uh, there's disaster there uh, awaiting. 
just don't want to take any more chances. That's just me. Maybe, again, oh, you take all that. Then here's what people say on social media. Well, JR, but if you take all that out, man, take all that out, man. Here, what do we got? What do you want to do? Wear wolf tights and black low-cut boots and just lay in a headlock or a, or a rest hold? How can somebody get their push? I can't get my push if we don't do spots. And those spots need to be on the outside of the ring. God, I get that all the time. It's funny. Everybody's got their opinion. I don't belittle them. I don't go on too much, too often to go on with revenge tweets. But in any event, uh, I, I, I'm leery of that, of that bump. But a solid show, as always. It seems like, and I don't know necessarily if it's only the third hour making the difference. It seems to me at times there's more continuity in the SmackDown show and the segues are more natural uh, to me. It kind of feels that way to me. So, uh, But anyway, that's what I thought of uh, SmackDown Live. Earlier I talked about uh, the uh, NXT TakeOver show. And I, I got to tell you, I was multitasking during that NXT TakeOver show. Uh, I was cooking. And I'm building an outdoor kitchen uh, in my pat- on my patio in my home in Norman. And doing a bunch of outdoor work and construction guys has been there for like three weeks. It's all cool. But my my grill, my Weber grill that I use religiously, Weber should be a sponsor of this program. Somebody figure that out. Uh, but in any event, I got this, you know, this great stash of Omaha steaks. I'm there. I got, you know, I got a buddy coming over. We're going to have a beer, you know, a wrestling fan buddy. So, you know, he hears I'm going to do Omaha steaks. Same old deal. Nobody turns you down when you invite them over to your house to have Omaha steaks. They'll be there. So don't throw out a faux invitation and mention Omaha steaks and think they're not coming because they are. And, you know, fall grilling season is here. Great weather for a lot of us. And it's time to stock up on Omaha steaks, folks. And, you know, they got uh, all kinds of great packages. And it's all delivered and a great, great, great array of deliciousness. They're 100% guaranteed world-class steaks, burgers, franks, and more. And the and more is pretty damn cool here. And for a limited time, here's what I'm excited about. Listen to this. If you remember nothing else, remember this. The family gourmet buffet package from Omaha Steaks is only $49.99. And here's the payoff. That's 75% off. That's a lot of, that's a lot of off. Uh... I had a, the, the steaks worked out well. The wrestling was amazing. And uh, I, I just really believe in this brand. My children know more often than not when there's a, an anniversary or something in the summertime or they're going to have a, a family thing, dad's going to buy them Omaha steak, a steak package. That's just what we do. That's how much I believe in this sponsor. And they're more than a sponsor. I feel akin to them in that respect. But, you know, Labor Day, football season, summertime, family cookouts, man, here you are, man. So here's the thing. The quality is the highest quality of cuts uh, with one-of-a-kind flavor you're going to find, period, in the story. High quality. Age 21 days to unlock the full flavor and tenderness of the cuts. Variety. I like this. It's not just steaks, even though that's the name, Omaha Steaks. The best cuts of beef, bison, which I dearly love. It's healthy. It's good for you, too. From the Golden Plains, by the way, that bison. Uh, go globally sourced in frozen fresh seafood from Whirlport Seafood is available. All kinds of chicken, pork, veal, lamb, 
veggies, and get this for my fat friends like me, desserts. And the thing about it is you can customize these packages. You know, they give you the option to customize the cuts for your needs, for your taste. Uh, what's the hell of a deal? You get fine recipes, all kinds of good stuff there in, uh, with them. So I'm just saying this, folks. Listen to what you're going to get. If you buy the, if you go to OmahaSteaks.com, type JR in the search bar, uh, you'll get 75% off the Omaha Steaks Family Gourmet Package. 75%. That's a hell of a savings. And, and here's what you get for that uh, 75% off. You're going to get two filet mignons, two bold, beefy top sirloins, two juicy boneless pork chops, four crispy chicken fried steaks. Ain't nothing better than chicken fried steak, Mama said. And she'd make good gravy. Juicy all-beef meatballs. A 12-ounce package, by the way. And they're good. They're damn good meatballs. Four savory Omaha steak burgers. My friend Howard Finkel's favorite. Four deli-style gourmet jumbo franks. Four customer favorite potatoes au gratin. Man, those are good, too. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. If you're a tartlet, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. And uh, one Omaha Steaks uh, uh, seasoning packet. And, but wait, that's not all. You get four more grill-ready burgers for free. So here's how you do it. Limited time package, $49.99. Great gifts, great for the family, great for many occasions. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Type J-R in the search bar. It's right in there, didn't it? J-R in the search bar. And add the family gourmet package to your cart. The offer will end soon. You don't want to wait now. Go to omahasteaks.com. Type J-R in the search bar. Grab your friends. Fire up the family grill. And you can invite me over and thank me later. Yes, indeed, ladies and gents. I do love me some Omaha steaks. Hope you will try that great package. Save 75%. And uh, continuing on here with uh, what's on my mind, uh, I want to thank the folks in Nashville last week for uh, their hospitality at Zany's, the media. Enjoyed seeing Dixie Carter. We went to lunch at Raphael Morphy, my producer, and I. Uh, Raphael had worked for Dixie for a long time at, at Impact. So uh, we went to a nice place she selected for lunch. Enjoyed catching up with her and uh, just chatting very casually. So it's always good to be seen in public at my age with a, with a lovely woman that's younger than you that's one of our goals guys when we get in the aarp range and you know we're, we're single this this the, the show is good eight by ten the selfie's good uh but i enjoy talking to dixie she's a nice lady uh but we had a lot of fun thanks uh conrad thompson connie oh my god and he brought his chinks he's getting married i'm going on the honeymoon with connie conrad thompson the uh Genius podcast marketeer uh, was there. Appreciate him uh, driving up from Huntsville, Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and his lovely wife, Karen. It's always good to see Jeff. It's always great to see his wife. Uh, Ron Harris, Aerolucha, uh, former DOA tag team member. Ron and Don uh, came by. They even helped Raphael un do some, uh, unload our books and our merchandise, uh, did did Ron. I missed him. I don't know how that happened. So uh, it was good. And we want to thank the folks in Nashville, Accumulus, 
for letting us use her facility. For producer Dan, who just did a hell of a job uh, making this thing work, where we recorded the uh, Ric Flair interview. Which, by the way, next week will be part two of that interview. Next week. Uh, so, uh, thanks to Dixie and all the guys uh, for that nice trip to Nashville. Boy, Nashville's changing like crazy. Downtown Nash. I see what they call it, Nash Vegas. They just need casinos downtown. They're there. Music. So crazy people. Crazy people. As I mentioned on uh, the beginning of the program, I'm in Los Angeles at the mighty Westwood One Studios with our producer, Ted. And uh, I was here in L.A. to do six access uh, TV shows for New Japan, all G1, including the finals. So we had the, it was nut-cutting time yesterday. We did three TV shows, and one show was only the final. Uh, Only the final. Tanahashi and Ibushi. So it was a great day to be a wrestling broadcaster, those two days. Some really heavy-duty stuff uh, that we enjoyed calling Josh Barnett and I. I'll be back uh, in Long Beach on Sunday, September the 30th for a live show with New Japan and Access TV. And my partner, Josh, is going to be, I think, uh, going to be unavailable for that event because of a, a box or a, a fight. And one of his fighters is in a big fight in Japan at Ryzen, the Ryzen promotion, against Bob Sapp, believe it or not. Remember that name? I said, well, what you got to do there, Josh? <laughs> now I'm coaching. Uh, blow him up. In 60 seconds, Bob will probably be out of breath. You're going to avoid the haymakers and the, and the kill shots. I think you guys got him. So, uh. I'm not sure that Josh is going to be able to get back in time to broadcast. That's still being worked on. But if not, that opens up a, an opportunity for somebody to uh, sit out there and get booed like me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, sit out there and have fun and call some action. So we got a, we got a pretty good plan. Access TV, as good of people as I've ever worked with. You know, Danny, Zach, and all those dudes that work hard and the crew. Uh, just a joy to be around. So all, all good. All good. So if you haven't got a ticket for... Uh, September the 30th. You might want to jump on that project sooner than later. Uh, we said we're going to talk to the Young Bucks here in a little bit. We are. Uh, they're going to be a part of the uh, September 1st event in Chicago, All In, which is an amazing uh, uh, piece of business. I can't wait to talk to them about. And uh, I think maybe with my with the 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday, September the 1st, uh, Oklahoma hosting Lane Kiffin, pretty little Lane Kiffin's uh, Florida Atlantic University team that uh, I might be able to catch a flight and get to Chicago on Saturday night to watch a little wrestling because uh, I apparently didn't get enough of it last weekend. <laughs> I watched wrestling Saturday, Sunday, but four days in a row. Uh, my late wife would say, honey, are you worried about burnout? <laughs> no, I've been doing this for a long time. I love it. I love it. So I'm looking forward to uh, September 1st. I want to get there in time to watch the wrestling show. And then I may do something with Connie on Sunday. Never know. Never know. I know Raphael's bringing sauce and jerky. Ted's going to be there. Producer Ted. Uh, he's got some something going on podcast-wise. Podcast going to be a big deal, folks. Hey, turning to Impact Wrestling, uh, they're bound for glory events taking place in New York City's Melrose Ballroom. Happy to help promote any them or any other wrestling company uh, on the show. Uh, we just need your information from time to time. It's funny when we have the opportunity to help so many people, and some of them just drop the ball and don't send you nothing. 
So Raphael and Ted and myself will go find stuff, but it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that challenging. That's same my same theory on me retweeting and helping promote other podcasts and other guys' appearances and things. It's just not reciprocal. It's just not reciprocal. That's the egos in large part and paranoia and insecurities of many of my brethren uh, in this world of pro wrestling. And the uh, Bound for Glory event is going to be on Sunday, October the 14th. Tickets are going to sell this Saturday, August 25. Uh, check impactwrestling.com for details on that. Support that organization. They could use it. Next week, uh, as we many of us know, the wrestling crazy people that the pwi 500 edition is coming out uh, later this month and uh, we're going to be chatting with the new mr number one in a special presentation here next week with pro wrestling illustrators dan murphy uh so we uh we're looking forward to that uh and anxious to hear who you think should be the pwi's number one i'd like to know your opinion on that and you can let let me know at uh at JR's BBQ, JRS BBQ on Twitter. Just curious what your thoughts are. Who should be number one in the PWI? And we'll find out conclusively uh, and officially next week. I have to cheat. I tell you this, I cheated. Uh, Stu Sachs sent me a cover. I know who it is. And and uh, I couldn't have picked a better guy. You're going to like it, I think. Uh, we mentioned earlier that Triple H did a great promo on Raw promoting Melbourne. Uh, we know that they've loaded the card up. They want a full house. They've got to sell tickets. That's the mission. That's their mission. Sell it out. Sell it out. Uh, and I see where John Cena is going to be there. He's now going to team with Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and uh, Elias. And then, of course, uh, the Undertaker-Triple H match uh, will be a in-ring psychological clinic. I don't know how many hurricane runners you're going to see. I don't know how many big flat back bumps you're going to see on the apron, but you're going to see one hell of a psychological sound storytelling wrestling match. Uh, and I, I can't wait to watch it on the same day. I'll be attending the OU Texas game. Wink, wink. Uh, happy for MLW. They're, they're, they're growing their brand. MLW.com for all the information. They got a, a big war games coming up on September the 6th, a war games match. Uh, they're, they're seen on Friday nights on BN Sports. That event's going to be live in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Two 10-man ten, ten team, war games, two five-man teams. And Court Bauer's doing a nice job with those cats. Support them. Find out what they're doing. Find out what they're all about at uh, MLW.com. I mentioned that I was in Los Angeles this week doing some voiceovers for Access TV. And speaking of that uh, network, uh, this Friday night is a doubleheader of New Japan action, both from the A block and the B block of the G1 tournament. Omega, Tamatanga, Ishii, Goto, uh, Tanahashi, Evil. Don't you remember Harvey Corman and Blazing Saddles? He was Evil. And uh, Okada versus Suzuki. I loved that match. It's like the old guy, older guy, who's the baddest man on the planet, in the wrestling, I'll tell you. He was uh, having some fun with Okada, who's no slouch. Good stuff. 8 o'clock, 7 central, Friday nights on Access TV. And, of course, the uh, G1 Climax will be running through September on Friday nights on Access TV. So it's been a very good week 
busy week, and uh, we're excited to talk to the Bucks here in a few moments. We'll have more uh, inside opinion. But for right now, ladies and gents, that's what's on my mind. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. You could get into a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver or call a taxi. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing is for sure, folks. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Well, it's Slavernocker of the Week time. A lot of great candidates, folks. And remember, uh, we're also moving into the modern age here. Screaming and kicking for me. No kidding. Uh, for all you Amazon Alexa users out there, uh, just enable the skill by saying, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill. After that been done, you're in business. Simply say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. So also, for those of you that are uh, Google Home users, uh, just say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross report or Okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross report. You get the drift. So check that out. Do that when you can, and uh, make your listening uh, a little easier. Just just thought I'd bring that up. So as I said, it's Slavernocker of the Week time. A lot of candidates this week, viable candidates uh, from the world of wrestling and of beyond, quite frankly. Uh, I saw a lot of wrestling this weekend, as I mentioned earlier, between eating my own wild steaks and, and grilling and enjoying my company. Uh, the company of others. I actually enjoy my own company sometimes, but that's another story. Uh, I start a long car trip. I'll tell you about it next time we're together. Uh, Roman Reigns finally defeats Brock Lesnar, gets the monkey off his back, and he is uh, the new universal champion. Certainly a viable candidate. Guy's been on a hell of a journey. He's maligned. He's uh, polarizing. I get all that stuff. But uh, I... I looking behind the scenes, I have a hard time getting miffed uh, or making a big deal out of uh, Roman Reigns' issues. Is he a fan favorite? Is he a villain? You know, or is he being force-fed down my throat? Why should I, why shouldn't I revolt and be defiant? I don't know. I can't help you on that one. I like the guy. He's reliable. He's durable. He has a great look. He's physically tough. I would tell you that Roman Reigns is one of the few guys that probably has wrestled with Brock Lesnar in the last few years that haven't been intimidated by Lesnar's presence. Reigns is not afraid, even though it's Brock Lesnar who's a bad, bad man. Uh, Ronda Rousey, certainly a candidate for Slobberknocker of the Week. She won the Raw Women's title. 
Uh, and, of course, heading into the big uh, Evolution pay-per-view on October the 28th in Nassau Coliseum. And, by the way, tickets for that event, this all-women's pay-per-view, will go on sale uh, this Saturday at Ticketmaster.com if you want to check that out. Uh, i got to believe they'll sell that, that event out quicker, sooner than later in the Nassau Coliseum on Long, Long Island. Long Island. It's hard for me with an Oklahoma accent to say Long Island like I'm a, a Jewish fellow from Long Island. I can't do it. I'm trying. I have to work on that, uh, the linguistics of that. So congratulations to Rhonda. Uh, and again, she's being maligned because she hasn't, quote-unquote, paid her dues. I find it re- amazing that somebody on Twitter with 13 followers who apparently think they have all the knowledge in the world of what, who do, who's do what would say that she, does, she doesn't deserve uh, the title because she hasn't, quote-unquote, paid her dues. Now, what the hell does that mean? What does paying your dues mean in your vernacular? And I don't know that any of us, including myself, who's been around longer than dirt, would say, well, this is what you got to do to pay your dues. Stupid. Uh, I like the Velveteen Dream. I mentioned on this program, I think this kid will headline a WrestleMania someday. There's no reason he cannot. He has charisma, imagination, athleticism. He's bold, and he has no fear of trying things different. Hey, when a cat goes out there, unbeknownst to upper management, with call me up Vince on his back of his tights, he's got some cojones. I like that. So uh, he's a kid had a good week. Could have been Sovereign Rock of the Week on, a, on another week. Uh, I love the card. And you heard me talk about NXT. The title matches are all good. You know, Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, Ricochet. North American title, by the way. My first favorite North American champion was the Cowboy Bill Watts. That title's been around a long time. And Kyrie Singh and Shannon Baszler had a great uh, women's match. All good stuff. Uh, I was tempted to name the Eagles my Slavonocker of the Week because they broke the uh, all-time best-selling album record. It's a sentimental choice for me because my wife Jan and I love the Eagles. Went to a lot of their concerts. Uh, it's big business for us. So uh, they're, they, their Hotel California is number three. You know, just if you're an Eagles mark like I am, uh, then you got to love this news. But without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, the Slavonocker of the Week goes to the Queen of Soul, a WrestleMania alumni, Aretha Franklin, who passed away just a few days ago. A voice from heaven. Amazing presence. Uh, and even though Madonna kind of doo-dooed on her at the uh, award show that I didn't watch, but I read about, saw the excerpt, Madonna was about putting over Madonna. It might have been a great idea in the quote-unquote writer's room. This is really cool. Madonna comes back. She's 60 years old. She's going to put over Aretha. She didn't put over Aretha. More on that in the Pet Coon Goofy section. But uh, our respect and our uh, condolences to the friends, the fans of uh, the Queen of Soul, who made uh, more than one mark uh, in a WWE environment. Uh, and we wish her and her fans uh, nothing but the very best. She was a treasure to listen to. But, buddy, let me tell you something. Aretha liked her some Aretha. Aretha liked being a diva. She played her role. She was That was her character. When Miss Franklin came onto the set or to rehearse or run through a sound check or whatever, you knew who the boss was. And I, I, I really admire that. She never lost that desire for perfection. So uh, the Slavonocker of the Week on the Jim Ross Report from the mighty Westwood One.
Aretha Franklin. Well, it's Pet Coon Goofy time. I know some of you like this award. I, I kind of think it's fun. Remember, it's mostly all in fun. Don't take things too seriously, please. Uh, it, it's about wrestling. It's not about life. And no, wrestling isn't life. Life is life. Wrestling can be a small part of your life, as it has been a part of mine forever. But it's not life. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, Jerry Lawler and I'll talk about life, our times, our life and times. Uh, this Thursday night at Zany's in Chicago. Uh, Nick Hossman of uh, WrestleZone is going to be our MC. It's going to be a fun show. You can get your tickets uh, at the box office at, in, at the Zany's in Rosemont. The King and JR are going to have some fun answering your questions, meet and greets, autographs, photo ops, all the good stuff. At, and if you want to go online get your tickets and have it in your hand to get there, it's rosemont.zanies.com. And we thank you. Uh, the Pet Coon Goofy Award, I kind of tipped it off. You know, I, I actually thought for a while I might, it might be those two police officers in Chicago where I'm headed here in a few moments. Uh, they're in hot water after a picture of them was sleeping on the job went viral. And God forbid something go viral, ladies and gentlemen. I'll turn that over to my producer, Ted, and he'll ping your ass. I'll tell you that right now. Whatever that means, he'll do it. Uh, the photo showed these two dudes uh, in a Chicago police uh, vehicle, slumped over and snoozing. Uh, they were also wearing, just for your records, uh, black bulletproof vests because you never know how those dreams can work out. you got to be careful. I like the fact that some of their uh, allies are saying, well, they're overworked and they're just wore out and then you go back and look at their record or their their, their uh, work record, and they're not been that doing that many over uh, overtime hours. But you know, eat those damn donuts, man. Sometimes you get sleepy, and that's kind of me what happened. They just they took a nap, and they got busted. So that's not cool, uh, especially when uh, over the weekend, fifty nine people in Chicago were shot. Well, that's good for selling tickets to Zanies, huh? Fifty nine people got shot. You, I tell you this. No one will be injured. No animals will be harmed at the at the Jr. and the King show. I promise you. So, uh, but not a good, not good timing for the uh, the brave men in black or blue, whatever color they wear there, uh, to be caught sleeping. But without a doubt, the uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award. And I, I, again, as I said, I kind of tipped it off. What the hell is Madonna thinking? Come on. Hey, I love the, the people are young at heart. She's sixty. She's been around the block. Many times. All I can tell you is that she was there to open her heart and express herself about Aretha Franklin at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards on Monday night. And uh, I thought she was a little self-serving. The highlights I saw. uh, It just reeked of disingenuality. You know, I, I, I understand wearing the black, the African jewelry I thought was pandering a little bit the spiky headgear, all that stuff. Uh, and she rambled and rambled, did Madonna. And uh, Miss Franklin, who passed away of pancreatic cancer at the age of 76, uh, actually helped launch Madonna's career. I just thought it was poorly worded, poorly produced. On paper, again, in the writer's room, a lot of things look really good. Think about some of the angles you've seen on TV that you didn't like. But in the writer's room, sometimes it sounds like it's going to be a killer. So I thought that uh, Madonna could have done a much better job honoring 
Aretha Franklin. And so therefore, without a doubt, hands down, Madonna is this week's Pet Coon Goofy Award winner. Congratulations, Madge. Because you are one lousy son of a Hey, folks, don't forget that you can buy our products and order our products, get them delivered to your home from wweshop.com. They deliver throughout North America uh, our products, our sauces, barbecue sauces, ketchup, the lovely chipotle ketchup, jalapeno honey mustard, all-purpose seasoning and rub, beef jerky, all those great things at wweshop.com. They do a great job of order fulfillment. You get your order packed nicely, safely, and uh, efficiently. So check those guys out and uh, some of those great Omaha steaks, nothing better. A little barbecue, a little ketchup, and that seasoning on those Omaha steaks is uh, so damn good you can't sit still and eat it. I was telling you. This week in wrestling, and this is a sentimental favorite of mine, uh, and I'm happy to see it on here. 53 years ago, 53 years ago, August 23rd, 1965, in the Garden, New York City. Cowboy Bill Watts, my old mentor, defeated the beloved Gorilla Monsoon. Two grown men, well over 300 pounds, that I have had a uh, very uh, hero-worship type relationship with both. I can imagine the match they had. They probably had some fun in that one. You think two 300-pounders want to sell? <laughs> I don't know. They just beat the hell out of each other. Two great guys. I love them both. God bless them both. This one brings back a lot of memories because 19 years ago, it was SummerSlam 1999 in Minneapolis. And the reason for that was not only because mankind captured the WWF world title defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin, not just because Triple H was in a triple threat match uh, with Minnesota Governor Jesse DeBody Ventura as a special guest referee, it was the first time that Vince McMahon physically dies on Brock Lesnar. You're not going to hear that in a lot of places. Brock came to the event. We were recruiting him. Jerry Briscoe was recruiting him heavily on him. He was our number one target. And we got him. We got our guy. And he came to watch uh, the show because Brock, had, I don't think, had ever been to a, a pro wrestling event in his life. Was not a fan. Didn't mean he hated it. He just was occupied in working on the farm playing football and wrestling at a high, high level. So I remember that. I remember Vince walking out of his office and down, the, and I said, Brock Lesnar's here, and I had to refresh his memory who that was. He's just no, no face, no name, just a, Vince didn't know. And so I said, he's standing out here. So when Vince walked by, he's giving a little wave, you know, and then he saw, wait a minute, is that what I think it is? Is that 6'3"? Is that 280? Is that blonde hair? Looks like an angry Viking. Or a Herford Bull. So uh, Vince made a little detour, shook the rock's hand, and the rest, as they say, is history. Another one of my favorite uh, This Week in Wrestling moments occurred 18 years ago at a SummerSlam, SummerSlam 2000 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Edge and Christian defended their WWE tag titles in the first three-team TLC tag title match. Say that as you're a broadcaster and trying to get your stuff together. Versus the North Carolinians, the Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys. And the titles were suspended above the ring. It was a, an amazing, amazing display. So proud of the efforts of those three teams. 
They're all special. They're all Hall of Fame level guys. No doubt about that uh, in my mind. Everybody in that match, Hall of Fame level guy. And they did great things and were innovators 18 years ago in a match that I still remember vividly this day. And that's saying something concerning all the matches that I, I have seen. And uh, just a great uh, memory for me. And I remember going to a place called Vinny's and having steak. I don't think it's there anymore in, in Raleigh uh, with Vince and some of his inner circle. It was a very celebratory uh, night, to say the least. Because we had a success. We had a hit. What we, what we envisioned in the quote-unquote writer's room or we huddled about, it worked. Here's another one I really remember fondly, 16 years ago, August 25th, 2002. I really thought it was one of the better pay-per-views we, we had ever produced. Shawn Michaels in Long Island, Nassau, same place that the uh, women's pay-per-view is going to take place for the WWE. It was Shawn Michaels after a four-year hiatus. He came back to defeat Triple H in an unsanctioned street fight. It was violent poetry. It was aggression with a theme and a feel and a heartbeat. And if you don't believe Shawn Michaels isn't one of the greatest ever to live and put on boots in this business, to come back after four years of, of uh, healing his back injury and being off out of the ring, he did not miss a beat and may have been even better. He wrestled smarter. It was strategic. And again, he's not in there with some uh, ham and egger either in Triple H, obviously. Great main event. I love that match. I love that match. Brock Lesnar also won his first WWE title on that night, defeating some dude named Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and uh, being facetious here. Uh, and at that time, it made Lesnar the youngest WWE world champion in history at age 25. I think Randy Orton uh, broke that record uh, soon there, not too long after that. Uh, and Rey Mysterio made his WWE pay-per-view debut in a superb, I mean superb, opening match, underscore opening match. Remember the th concept about the opening match on pay-per-views all the way back to 2002, 16 years ago? Same theory in place because uh, Ray Mysterio was in the opening match against another cat you may have heard of named Kurt Angle. Did I, was that roster deep? you damn right it was deep and talented. And finally, three years ago, make that August 22, 2015, Brooklyn, New York. Sound familiar? SummerSlam. Sound familiar? Seth Rollins defeated John Cena to, in a winner-take-all U.S. title and WWE title match uh, after SummerSlam TV host and personality John Stewart inadvertently strikes Cena with a chair that probably wouldn't have broken a grape. But that's just me. Hey, I, I'm just, I'm leery. I'm old school. I don't know that a, a television personality, even as uber-talented as uh, John Stewart, who I have great respect for, needs to be involved in a double title match, especially physicality. Just me. On that night in Brooklyn, Undertaker defeated Brock Lesnar in the main event, avenging his uh, WrestleMania 30 loss in New Orleans, which was shocking. I still think that should have gone the other way, but that's just me. One can't grieve forever, right, King? One can't grieve forever. Uh, and that was an interesting, a controversial finish, and a well-booked, though. The referee misses Taker's submission. Undertaker low-blows Brock and puts him in a submission where Brock passes out. Really a good, strong show. 
this week in wrestling. And uh, now, with cake and everything, I love this, birthdays, birthdays. Today, as we record this on Wednesday, August 22nd, Apollo Crews is 31. The Usos are 33. Love the Usos. I think they can be the predominant tag team in, in the entire uh, WWE. Paul Ellering, catching up with me. Precious Paul, 65. Don't think he won't get on the idea to ride with you. And old-time promoter in St. Louis, the great Sam Muchnick, who helped start the NWA. He was kind of like the NWA's, uh, like, like Meyer Lansky was to the mafia. He was a wonderful Jewish man. And when the uh, the prejudicial uh, NWA uh, only embraced Mr. Muchnick because he was the smartest guy in the room. He was born 113 years ago. I met him more, more than one occasion. It's like, it's like talking to Babe Ruth about hitting or pitching. Just really a cool, cool, cool dude. Uh, can you believe this? Funaki will be 50 this week. SmackDown's number one announcer. And uh, on the Japanese uh, announced team. Boy, well, those guys got good hours, huh? Well, they work once a month. Funaki, 50. Congrats. Big Green Bay Packer fan, by the way. Friday, August 24th, ladies and gentlemen. He's the man. He's helped me get where I am. Best move ever made was signing with WWE. Vincent Kennedy McMahon will be 73 years young on Friday, the 24th of August. On the same day that The Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson, will turn 74. So congratulations to both those uh, those men. A lot of cont- contributions, good people. Uh, the late Ivan Koloff passed away last year. Uh, this Saturday would, be his, would have been his 76th birthday. I always loved seeing him at the, the old Charlotte uh, uh, NWA convention that Greg Price put on for a long time, very successfully. Uh, and I always enjoyed calling Ivan by one of his first wrestling names, Red McNulty. How you get from Red McNulty to the evil Russian bear, Ivan Koloff, is for another, another time, another story. Uh, the late Bobby Duncan Jr., it would have been 51 this Sunday if he had, it had lived. Big-time athlete from the University of Texas. And a, a hell of a wrestler. Brawler, wrestler, tough guy. Monday, Jazz, one of, the, one of the best hires we ever made. Jazz, and her husband Rodney, too, for that matter. Carlene Jazz was a point guard. She's a, in, in basketball, high level, great athlete, physically tough. She'll be 50, 45 years old. And probably can still go just as good today as you could then. The athletic and charismatic, handsome, former world heavyweight champion, the great Kali. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Dalit was a nice man. He, he's not just another pretty face, as you know. He'll be 48 years old on Monday, along with the great Sergeant Slaughter, a beautiful Bobby Remus. That's when I met him. He was beautiful Bobby, not Sergeant Slaughter, in the Mid-South Territory in the 70s. And uh, Sarge introduced me to Chinese buffets. So my love of sodium and all things that make you swell at a Chinese restaurant sometimes, I, I attribute to my friend Sarge. Good dude. He's calling me right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, and on Tuesday, uh, we will congratulate on her birthday, Linda Miles. I always thought Linda had every physical tool to be great. 
She just didn't have the aptitude or the desire to be great in that genre. But boy, athletically speaking, uh, she was a, an amazing competitor that if we had been able to get her over the hump and, and connected emotionally, she would still probably be making ways. She'll be 39 years old on Tuesday, so happy birthday. And I want to say also on Tuesday, my youngest daughter, Amanda, will have her birthday. How old that little rascal be? I think she'll be 36, 37, I don't know, something like that. It's all a number, right? I love her, and she knows that. She's a dad's girl, little my youngest. And uh, she'll be, her birthday will be Tuesday. And I've already sent the gift. Everything's cool. I haven't forgotten this year. And my, my late wife, Jan, will be so happy that, that I finally remembered one of my kids' birthdays. I wasn't on the road doing wrestling. I worked ahead here. So happy birthday to all you guys and gals. Thank you so much. Remember, I got your cake right here. Happy birthday, everybody. You've got mail. You've got mail. God, I hated that. You've got mail. You've got mail. Uh, Remember, the mailbag is here, and we encourage you to participate with your emails at to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Your suggestions, your questions, your mailbag stuff, uh, all available there. So, uh, And producer Ted reads all those, and uh, he does a good job of selecting what makes air. Pretty simple. So if you want to make air, you might want to bribe him maybe gifts i don't know polaroids no kidding uh i'm just kidding come on a joke god almighty benjamin bowles if that is your real name sir i've followed wrestling since your early wcw days and you're you're the greatest to ever put on a headset i don't know about that but i do thank you as cross promotion pay-per-views are becoming the norm and proving to be a huge success with ring of honor and new Japan selling out the garden do you see the WWE ever cross-promoting a pay-per-view with another company? Not no, Benjamin Bowles, but hell no. Ain't going to happen. I don't think so. I don't think they need to. You think the NFL is going to have a, a scrimmage with the XFL team? Doubt it. So, uh, in any event, uh, I don't think so. Could happen. Never, they say you should never say never, right, in pro wrestling. I just don't see it happening, Benjamin. But thanks for your, uh, thanks for your note. From Derek McMullen. Dear Mr. Ross, by the way, Mr. Ross is my dad. He passed away a few years ago. I'm just JR for the record, okay? I love your autobiography, but as a historian, I can tell you left a lot out. So Derek must be a historian by his own admission. When are you going to fill in the blanks about your time in WCW and the early days of WWF? Uh, I will tell you, Derek, that uh, Paul O'Brien and I just agreed. We signed our contract with Paul this week. Uh, we're starting on Slobberknocker 2 now as we speak. It's in progress. Uh, but those are good suggestions. And if there's something that we you feel like you need more of content-wise, I'm sure it will be addressed. Paul listens to the show as well. Uh, but we're going to pick that book up where we left off and bring it forward with the most compelling topics that we've ever done. And if you haven't read Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, it's still number one in this category after a year and a half. God, we're blessed to hear that. It's wonderful. Amazon.com is your best opportunity. Um, the Barnes & Noble in my hometown of Norman just got some more books. They couldn't keep it in stock. So I go in to buy a book. We, well, we can't keep it in stock. So you're out of them, right? Yeah, we can't keep it in stock. Why don't you order some more? How hard's that? You got to have an MBA to figure that crap out? So anyway, Amazon ain't out of nothing. They're great. Amazon.com uh, for Slavenocker, My Life in Wrestling. 
And by the way, we're going to be bringing Slobberknocker to Zanies and all our appearances uh, and selling them and, and signing them. So if you don't have a Slobberknocker book, any of, my, any of our appearances, you can pick one up there if you choose to. From Patrick Kane, he loves the show. Thank you. I've been watching since your UWF and WCW days, so you've been around a while. The excitement and passion you bring to wrestling is second to none. And that's by design, Patrick. That's by design. Hope to hear more impersonations of Gordon Sully. Uh-uh. Terry Funk. Patrick, you egg-sucking dog. Never write a letter again to this fat bastard Ross again of that ilk. He's a shits. And, of course, Stu Hart. Well, uh, it, uh, you know, my, uh, take it to the wing Coleman. I think I made him uh, piss his pants in my dungeon. So I'll try to work in some more impersonations as we go forward. But thank you very much for noticing. Uh, Say Lim is in Kuwait. How you doing, buddy? If I, I was just over your neck. I'm kidding. <laughs> Kuwait. Isn't it great how big a footprint this wrestling business has? It's amazing. He's been a fan for over 20 years. And uh, he's been enjoying the podcast since day one. We thank you very much for that. Uh, ever since the new outlook of the podcast was presented, every time the pet coon segment comes up, I remember you calling mankind goofy as a pet coon during his match against The Undertaker at King of the Ring 1996. Is that where I broke that out? I don't know. Maybe, apparently, our friend from Kuwait remembers it. Uh, and, you know, it all originates from a real story. I had a pet coon, and it was goofy. Thanks to J.D. Ross, that pet coon was turned back into the wild, making it sound like it was a happy ending. I'm not so sure he turned it back in the wild or not, but knowing Dad, he had a, he had a gleam in his eye. Uh, John McDonald is in Elm Springs, Arkansas. The land of opportunity, the home of the Razorbacks, Arkansas. I want to thank you for all the years of entertainment you have provided me as a fan of pro wrestling. Outside of someone like Paul Heyman, do you think there is a place for managers in the modern scene? Absolutely, John. Absolutely. I'm surprised that more talents that are in the business are working on that skill set, either off-Broadway or wherever. But absolutely. Uh, advocates, managers, agents, whatever that role may be called, uh, could certainly be uh, seen more of. If they're good at what they do, to have a manager, just the sake of having a manager, and they're not carrying enough of their own water, it don't, then it don't matter. So I, I, uh, but I do think that's an opportunity for everybody. Uh, so anyway. And, uh, and we appreciate, again, your, 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 your letters, cards. And, again, Producer Ted is waiting on your, your emails the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And as he always says, he'll ping your ass and you've got mail. I just had a body experience. I'm so excited to talk to what I believe the best tag team in pro wrestling today. Uh, the Young Bucks. They're brothers, ladies and gentlemen, real brothers. They're not like Ricky and Robert now. They're kind of like Matt and Jeff. They're real brothers. Uh, <laughs> the, the Jacksons, uh, Nick and Matt. Fellas, thank you very much for... I don't know if anybody's busier than you dudes, but I appreciate you taking time to jump on the show here with us today. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Appreciate you uh, you thinking about us and having us on. You bet, buddy. Uh, fellas, we want to. Tur- you guys are you're like you're like you're like a, a walking mall. You got so many things that you've invested in. I love the entrepreneurial spirit, 
and it reminds me back when I first got in wrestling where our main eventer, Bill Watts, would bring a, a top guy in, oftentimes to work with him, and that top guy would help Watts book their program. They were right. entrepreneurs. They were independent contractors. Yeah. Same thing we all are today. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's nothing, some of that stuff hasn't changed. But the point is, have you fellas always been this uh, entrepreneurial in spirit? Did you know all along that we could build a bigger brand than just wrestling? This is Nick speaking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, man, it feels like we've had this way for, man, almost the whole time we've been in wrestling, which is close to 15 years now. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Cody actually says we're the, uh, the most old school wrestlers that he knows, <laughs> which is, which is funny coming from him because, uh, he's seen a lot of old school wrestlers come and go, you know? So, uh, yeah, we, we really, uh, kicked into, uh, a lot of that probably, uh, more so in the last, I don't know, five years or so. Would you say Matt? Yeah, like, I feel like we've always had uh, the idea uh, of being these business guys, but, like, at first, nobody bought the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how successful we were at first, but I remember when we started our own our own independent company, you know, in, back in 2004, and I remember having the, the iron-on press shirts, and I, we were trying to sell these things, and, and at the time, you know, we thought we were doing big business. We were probably selling five or ten T-shirts a show. But, like, it's always been something in our blood. Like, we, 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 I remember even having the little Polaroids back then. And, and uh, I guess that back, back then that was, like, the wrestler's guide. Like, you had to have an 8 by 10 and you had to have some sort of piece of merchandise. So at the time, we started small. But we, we always knew, like, I can't just rely on my, my payday, the, what's going to be in that envelope at the end of the night. Like, I got to try to make more. I got to try to make extra. So uh, even when we were really young, and I, I'm talking, Nick was probably, what were you, at the age 14 or 15 when we started doing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm, the, I'm the older brother, so I started, I was, I'm four years older, so if he was 14, I was about 18. But, uh, I mean, we're just kids, and we started our own independent wrestling company, and, and uh, we're, we're, we have a small little niche audience in our, in our town, and we're selling tickets, and, we're, and we're, we're selling pieces of merchandise. So, yeah, I think, to answer your question, like, I, I think we've always kind of had it in our blood, uh, not until we, 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 got really popular. Did we actually find any success in it? But, uh, but yeah, it's always been something that we've, yeah. we've strived to be. I uh, admire your entrepreneurial, uh, vent, uh, cause here's the thing. And I think it's indicative too, of how you guys work in the ring bell to bell. There's nothing lazy about your presentation. There's nothing unaggressive. It's, it's not passive. It's not phoning a damn thing in. You guys go out and wrestle your tails off. And I respect that. And I told you, when I saw you guys, I don't remember some of those Long Beach shows or uh, Cow Palace or someplace, wherever it was, yeah. that I really believe that your, your game has gotten better, and a lot Thank better. You. I really believe that because here's why. You're now at a pace that I and most of us can process. Sure. And you also have that invaluable ability to sell and make me feel it. And did you always have the understanding that selling is a huge element to the to the presentation? Oh yeah, uh, this is Nick again. Uh, we did, but for the longest time, we didn't have the chance to. If that makes any sense, uh, we would only be given the opening match, and they would say, "All right, you have to go six minutes." So Matt and I would feel like, "Oh man," but 
selling in six minutes is tough. I just want to get some cool moves in to try to impress the audience, so to speak, you know. Yep. But uh, when we started uh, progressing and uh, getting a higher spot in the card, we started getting more time. So then we felt like, okay, we can use this to our ability to uh, to sell more. And uh, I feel like now we uh, we have more time and uh, it gives us the chance to do that. Uh, I don't know if Matt wants to add to that or not. Yeah, like we just we, we weren't given really the the platform to have those those types of matches, and we have been having those matches actually for years. It's just nobody's really seen them, you know. So so uh, uh, to get a platform like like New Japan Pro Wrestling. And for them to say, hey, tonight, you're, you know, we're giving you 20 minutes. And it's like, oh, wow, like we actually have time to to let everything sink in and try to get some emotion out of this. And, and, and also for Nick and I, it's like we are constantly trying to evolve and, and we, we want to show that, you know, we're not just one dimensional wrestlers. Like we have all sorts of different gears we can change. And, and I think it's a challenge to ourselves. It's like, you know, everybody knows that we can have this style of match, like the car crash matches. We, we had them for years. You know, for, for years in, 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 on the independents, Nick and I were the opening match. And like Nick said, they would tell us, just open the show and set the show on fire. And, and sometimes you have to have those six to ten minute quick car crash spot fest matches. And we got really, really good at them. But it came a point in our career where we just wanted more. And you're like, you know, I, I just want to, I'm getting bored of this. And, <laughs> and, and yeah. it, just like anybody else, like sometimes even actors are like, listen, I, I'm really good at comedies, but I can also do a little bit of drama. You know, we, we, <laughs> we, we didn't want to, we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves for our entire career. So it was, it was fun that we got the chance to do it on a, on a, li- a large platform like New Japan and sometimes ROH too. And, and we yeah. just wanted to show everybody, hey, man, we, we got more in our in our game. And and it's been really fun because it's been a challenge for us to just, like you said, slow it down and, and, yeah. and let things register. And I think I think because of that, like you said, like people love to have sympathy for, for, for a, a good, white, neat baby face who knows how, how to sell. It's, it's old school yeah. wrestling. And we've taken the, the elements of old school wrestling and we've dressed it up with, with, with modern style like us. And it, and it seems like it. It's timeless. It still works. It does still work because you're playing on basic human emotion. And unless you're a, a psychopath or, or a, you know, somebody that needs, that needs to be living in a, in a hut by themselves, uh, we all have, if we like somebody, I get the best illustrations of family. Somebody asked me, that on a, I, I did Busted Open Radio uh, Wednesday morning early, early here in L.A. And uh, they said, uh, if you were giving the Young Bucks advice, on where to go. I said, well, I probably wouldn't, if I was trying to recruit him, I'd tell him why I wanted to come to WWE. I said, but the mm-hmm. decision any wrestler's got to make, because you know, you yeah. guys are in the, on the, on the microscope. Everybody's talking about the Bucks and Omega and mm-hmm. Cody, where are they going to go next? What's their long-term deal? You know, hell, I don't know. And it's none of my business, quite frankly, and I'm not looking for dirt, but I said, the thing I would tell these guys is that your priority is your family, yeah. right? Your family is the number one thing. It's not, Somebody said, well, if they go to WWE, they couldn't be themselves. Well, I don't know that to be true or not, because I don't know that. That's a a what if. I do know that your family is your most important uh, thing in your life, and to provide them the best uh, uh, security for their future is what you should be figuring on. And that's how I perceive you guys to be. You know, oh, you're right on. You know, yeah. Matt, Matt, your wife Dana was a big help in, in getting this interview done. She's a big star in this in this oh, uh, man. the situation yeah, too. She she is 
she's done everything for me now and she's really the secret weapon behind a, a lot of our you know our success and uh, she's helped us build this young bucks merch empire and and literally in my in my own house like and and now in the last year or two she's taken over our, our agenting role so because i just it got to a point where i literally couldn't respond to every email and i used to be the best at it like if someone sent me a message i'd reply within five minutes but but as you know, it's just really blown up these last couple of years. So like, I, I, I finally came to her and I said, I need help, hon. Like, I'm dying here. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, like you said, family is, is number one for us. It, it's top priority. And uh, we, we, we both have two young kids and uh, we, we care so much about them and we want to have quality time with them. And, and, and we're gone a lot. I mean, I was just telling you before we started this thing, like we, we're, we're coming back off a two-week stretch. We were in uh, Japan for a week. We came home for 12 hours, which people thought we were crazy to do, by the way, and, instead of going direct. But we, we went home for 12 hours, and then we went to the U.K. for a week. So it's like we, we just got home two days ago, and uh, we just try to make the, the most of it. And, and, you know, and that's our own doing because we're, we're, we're independent contractors. So we, we make it really crazy for ourselves sometimes. But then, like in July, Nick and I, you know, we, we took it easy. and We had a nice, a nice summer with the kids. So, so yeah, fam- family family's absolutely everything. And, and we want to – our goal is to, is to be able to retire at a young age and, and spend even more quality years with our family. And, and I, I want to give my kids a great life. And, and yeah, to answer, to answer your question, it's like, I, I don't know. I guess where, what are we going to do? Where our contract's up in four months. So it's like it's, it's getting down to the, to the 11th hour almost now where we kind of have to make a decision. You know, if we're going to stay put, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to go back to just being independent guys. And I, I don't know. The, the, best, the best thing is we're in a great spot right now. Uh, and I, I feel like we can't really make a bad decision because we're, whatever we do right now, we're in one of those rare instances in someone's career where whatever we do right now, it works. So I think we're going to make the right decision no matter what the decision ends up being. I, I agree with you that you are in a uh, great spot. Uh, what promotion, uh, an existing promotion, a new promotion, whatever it may be, wouldn't want the best tag team in the business on the roster? That's pretty simple to me. I, I, I happen to bring a lot of guys into WWE back in the day, as you guys probably know. And, yep. you know, you, you look at quality, human beings, family men, Guys are not going to bring a ton of bad habits and baggage into the locker room. The locker room's got – it's hard enough just doing what you fellas do in a travel, as you just outlined. And then you, then you, you got to come to a safe haven, a safe room, and that locker room cannot be full of controversy and guys pissing and moaning about a payoff or a finish or, or whatever it may be. You want some – you need some uh, support there. We all need it. So uh, I'm, I think you guys are not going to make any bad decisions not there to make. I was going to make the point about your selling. Mm. Starting in at Wrestle Kingdom, now you guys uh, see Matt. You had the back, right? The back situation. Okay. Yes, sir. Back, and that told. There was your common thread for these matches. Yep. Until it changed to then Nick got hurt later on. So now you're both wounded, uh, young bucks. The bucks, yep. the bucks are hurting. And if I give a damn about the young bucks, I really care that they're that they're in jeopardy. I really want this to be. Oh, my heroes to be this situation to be eased. And you guys carry that because, you know, uh, Barnett and I, Josh Barnett and I did all these matches, and this kept getting more, more the picture got getting more clear, and it, there's a theme to it. And I told guys this just the other day it, for an announcer, or some, and in my role over the years, you know who the great workers are, not because you read it on a poll or the Twitter thing was positive or somebody had more hits on Facebook. 
because when I sat down to call their match, it became so easy to add the lyric to your music. And because you had a common denominator and you had a flow and, and you had a direction clearly established, it made your matches so much more compelling and more fun to call. And so, therefore, you can get into it more. You can sell it more. You can do every. I can help. Re, I can help relate to your pain and agony because right. I know somewhere down the road there's going to be one hell of a comeback. And exactly. and we, we sell that some of bits to the moon. So, I I uh, I think that whole thing is is great for you guys. Because look, you're never going to be uh, the the blackjacks. You're not six right. seven. You, I don't think you're going to hit a growing spurt. I think you boys are done. No. Now. We're, done. Break, no, we're, done. we're done. I hate to break that news to you, fellas. <laughs> you ain't going to be six three. So, uh, exactly. but that's cool. I, I, I just think it's great. I think you're doing such a great job. I want to know uh, one thing uh, is how did the idea for All In come about in the sense that was it an off-the-cuff remark somebody made or we could do that or was it a car trip or a, a train ride or on the airplane? How did the idea come about and who were the individuals that were in that original little inner circle that, we're talking about this thing in a serious manner. Yeah, uh, this is Nick again. Um, it, it always was pretty much the three of us, and uh, the three of us I mean by Matt, myself, and uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, and you know, we we kicked around the idea for man a good six months or so to see if we could do something like that. And uh, I remember uh, Cody was on Twitter. Uh, talking to Dave Meltzer about like some type of bet and someone asked Dave Meltzer if, uh, if uh, ring of honor could put 10,000 seat or fill up a 10,000 seat arena, I should say. And, uh, he said no. And Cody got pretty mad about it. Pretty upset actually. And, uh, he tweeted back saying, actually, I think we could. And, uh, it pretty much, uh, snowballed from there. And, uh, he pretty much said, you know what, Matt, Nick, I think let's, it's time to, to do something crazy and uh, let's put uh, our money where our mouths are and uh, let's try it. And uh, that was pretty much the, the backstory to how it began. Yep, and then I'll add to that a little bit. Uh, even like Nick said, we, we've been kicking around the idea. When he says that, we really were just kind of just chit-chatting on, on the on the tour buses or or on the long rides or on flights, and we were saying, do you think we can ever fill up a big arena? Because, like, at the time, we were doing record business for ROH, and and uh, it, I want to say it was their, their best year. Like, even 2016 was their best year, and then we beat that, and then we did 2017, and now we're on, you know, now we're on peak to doing even better business. So uh, we, we, were, we were doing these shows, and we were killing it, and then finally Cody had the idea. He's like, why, do, why don't we just – we do it the three of us only though. Like what, what if we individually do that? You think that's something, you know, people could get behind. And that's when I knew that he had something because now we're selling more than just, just a, a wrestling show. Now, now we're selling them a movement and we're selling them a feeling like, listen, we're just three guys and, and we're going to put up our money and we're going to, we're going to do this big show. And we're being ambitious by saying, we want to fill up a 10,000 seat arena. And I remember the, the, the chatter when we first, talked about the idea and i remember i want to say it was 50 50 50 percent of the people said we couldn't do it and those 50 percent were very loud about it and 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 i'm not going to lie when i say they didn't get in my head because you know it scared me i'm like are they right you know but at the same time the other 50 were rooting for us so it's like it, it, it was one of those ideas where it was like man we could really 
fail here big time and look really stupid, or we can put all of our chips in, as the, and that's why we call this, this show All In. We're going to go all in on this, and, and, and we can succeed, and we can live forever. And so, so the idea was, let's not just sell these, these people, these fans, a wrestle, another wrestling show. Because right now, in my opinion, there's the best wrestling in the world across the board from every promotion, right? Like, WWE's probably got the most loaded roster they've ever had. You can watch New Japan. It's got the best shows. Like, there's great wrestling everywhere. So we can't just sell him another great wrestling show because re- re- great wrestling is easy to find nowadays. Let's, let's sell them more than that. And I think that's what we did. We, we sold them a feeling, a movement. You want to be part of history? Do you want to help three regular guys fill up a 10,000 seat arena will come join us in this movement and let's do this together. And I think when we put tickets up and they sold out in 30 minutes, that, that was proof that, that they bought in on it. They, they, they bought the idea of, of let's make history, not just, Hey, let's see a really cool show. Cause it, it will be a really cool show. I know because we formatted the thing and it's going to be awesome, <laughs> but uh, I hope it's more than just a wrestling show. I hope this is something that you can talk about with, with your grandkids and say, I was there in Chicago for, for, for All In, for the first one at least. If we ever do more, who knows? But I was there for, for the original All In, and it was a special weekend, and it was, it was wrestling's Woodstock. That's what we wanted to do. And, and I think uh, at this point now, like all we have to do is hit a home run, as, 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 yeah. as, as, easy, as easy as that sounds. That's right? all. <laughs> we just hit a home run now. But, uh, and, I, and I think we will. I'm pretty confident with it. Oh, I am too. You know, uh, Conrad uh, in, invited me to be a part of the uh, uh, podcast component on mm-hmm. Sunday and, uh, and to come up on Saturday, et cetera. I said, you know, guys, I, I got family. And that Saturday, September 1st, is uh, the season opener for the Sooners. Uh, and right. I said, I got my kids, my grandkids. I got, from for us and our little family, especially since my wife has, has been gone, uh, we really depend on those family outings and those opportunities uh, to get together. And that's the season opener. So, right. and so I didn't know what the, the, but because of television, you don't know what time the game is going to start till you know, later on. So I found out, you know, recently that, uh, the game is going to start at 11 a.m. Central, which means it'll be over by around 2.30 or 3 late at the latest. Right. So I start checking flights, and, okay, Oklahoma City, Chicago, there's nonstops. So I'm going, to t- I'm going to take a flight. Oh, wow. From Oklahoma City. After I'm going to, My family will probably stay at my house without Grandpa. And I'm going to take a flight to Chicago because I want to sit in the crowd or find a seat somewhere and watch wrestling. And right I, on. You know, that's so, so I'm making a commitment as... As somebody that I, you know, I from my wear and tear, of my fat old body, you know, I I could be holding my chair and my lazy boy watching more football and eating more barbecue, <laughs> drinking more cold beer. <laughs> so now, that's now awesome. we really have to hit a home run, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come up there for that and uh, enjoy watching cool. you guys work and uh, cool. and then do some stuff with Conrad on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited about that trip. I really am, and I'm glad that the kickoff time worked out as it did. You, you guys know, I mean, and look, you, you can't say I get it. I understand. Do you have a do you have a conclusive feeling on what's going to close the show? What's going to go on after intermission? Yeah, so far uh, we we feel like we do, but you just never know. We might change something last minute because uh, we we've actually been changing a couple things, just little details. But uh, man, it's always interesting to to see who uh, we you put on last for a big show and you know it's been actually pretty difficult to uh to do that because a lot of the guys are kind of nervous uh like 
we've we've told certain uh, guys like, hey, we want you to be in the main event, and they've actually said no. We're like, wait a minute, uh, we we need you, and they're like, well, there's a lot of pressure on, so uh, we <laughs> might end up just putting ourselves uh, in that slot. But I don't think it's it's uh, 100% just yet. Right. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of political stuff, too. It's like this card is really hard to put together because of the, the different egos and the different companies that don't want to work with each other. And like, so we, we, this is like probably, would you say, Nick, our, our 10th or 12th version of the show? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it's, for it's sure. Been very, and then another, another thing is the G1 tournament just ended in, in, in New Japan, which is the most grueling tour of, of the year for those guys. So a lot of those guys are banged up. So a lot of those guys didn't want to be in singles matches. And it, it, it was very, very difficult. And it was funny because when we first started booking this thing, someone asked us, hey, are you guys going to be in the main event, uh, Young Bucks? And we said, absolutely not. It's our show. We don't want to be in the main event. But it's come to a point now where it's like, well, who the hell else is going to be in the main event? I guess mm-hmm. it does have to be. I guess it has to be. <laughs> yeah. So as of right now, uh, and things could change, it looks like we're going to be doing the, the Dream Six Man tag to, to close the show. Um, but, I mean, man, as, as much as this thing's changed, uh, who knows? We might we might show up on on September first and have a, a, a different card. <laughs> and that, that's why uh, the most powerful weapon in wrestling is the eraser. Yeah, <laughs> Cowboy Bill told me. I said, Bill, I was asked all these smart questions when I was twenty two years old in the business and still wasn't smart. I wasn't smart enough to the business until walking to the ring for the first match I refereed. So that's how my little initiation got in. They throw you in the deep end and see if you can't swim, get yourself out. You know. Yeah, so, uh, on the job. Yeah, and, and, uh, but I, I, uh, I see, and I, this week, just yesterday, I called Abushi Tanahashi's uh, G1 final with Josh. All right. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh we, did, we did all the, the nut cutting matches, the semis and everything. We did six shows in two days. Oh, but, wow. But, so it was really, and of course, Abushi and Tanahashi was one match, was one, one match made up the whole hour. Uh, right. for, for yeah. television it was really the whole thing was great uh yeah. but i see you guys it's still going to be uh the bucks and coda abushi versus mysterio phoenix and bandito correct yep that's it did yep, you guys ever, match. i'm sorry did you guys ever when you're young pups you're still young you know i got socks over on you dudes uh <laughs> <laughs> uh did you think ever think how cool it would be to wrestle with ray mysterio Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, he was—he's uh, probably my favorite high flyer of all time. So uh, we've uh, we've had the opportunity to be in the ring with him quite a few times now. So every time we we get to do so, man, it's it really uh, it's a it's a, it's a mark out moment. <laughs> sure. Uh, for myself, uh, I know Matt was a huge fan as well. Well, you you talk about timeless wrestlers, and, and yeah. Rey Mysterio is number one on the list. Like, the, like I was watching him and Okada uh, go at it with a couple of the exchanges they had over at the G1 Finals in uh, Tokyo Budokan, and man, I was blown away. I'm like, does this guy just never age? <laughs> he just he's springboarding up on the ropes, and just he just looks amazing, just as quick as ever. So, I I can't wait to wrestle. Uh, with him, and, and, and I actually can't wait to, to watch on the apron when him and, and Kota Ibushi do some type of uh, work together, because you know that's going to happen, and, and yeah. I, I feel like that was one of the big selling points for us as as bookers, 
was was when we booked that six man we said can you imagine an exchange between those two like i'm just gonna watch in awe and i hope i i, I don't forget that i'm in the match when they go on <laughs> uh and then another thing is uh, we you mentioned uh phoenix who i i rank right up there with like i look at Rey mysterio younger in his career and i see phoenix in him like it, <laughs> it's it's crazy so i i know that that's got to be one of his inspirations in wrestling he's so so good i've been watching a lot of this stuff lately on impact and i'm just blown away and uh and then bandito is another guy that a lot of people don't know he's He's really had a breakout year this year. Um, he's done a lot of cool stuff at PWG. Nick and I have—I don't think we've ever met the guy, and uh, we needed a third guy in that match. And one day, Nick and I were, were driving to a town, and we just pulled up YouTube and we started looking up uh, just a lot of the high-flying luchadors because we knew we wanted someone from Mexico to be in that match. And it was down to like four or five guys. We 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 flipped on Bandito, and we were blown away. Uh, we couldn't believe it. Like I think within the second or third video we watched is we knew we were like, okay, that's our guy. And uh, yeah. we've never met, we've never met the guy and he's in our main event. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's a big chance for him. So uh, I, I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, uh, for, for, for this match. I think it's going to blow a lot of people away. It's really a, a great card. So I'm a big hangman page fan. I think he's got a huge upside. Yeah. Uh, if I had a territory, he'd be one of the young dudes I'd try to hire. I just oh, think, yeah. he's, I think he's got a big upside. Uh, he's so good. Yeah. So good. Omega, you know, is uh, pretty extraordinary. He's in his he's in his element right now. He's probably yep. as good. He, I'm sure everybody can get better. Don't get me wrong, but he'll never be that much better than he is right now. He's really, really good. And Pentagon Junior. and he will have a hell of a match. I think it'll be entertaining oh, yeah. and creative, innovative. So that's all good stuff. And then of course uh, Marty Sherrill, who I get taken to task by the. Twitterverse because I sometimes butcher his frigging name. I don't mean to do it. I love his work. He's another guy. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to, he's another guy I'd love to hire. But he and yeah. Okada, God, boys, that's a good booking now. That's good stuff right there because their styles are different, exactly. but they're they're meshable. If you know what I'm saying. Yep. And, and it's a match you wouldn't see in New Japan because they don't usually put the heavyweights versus uh, the junior heavyweights. So that's exactly why we we booked it. Yeah, and then and then going back to the the, the Pentagon and, and Omega match, um, we had we once had a six man tag where they had a small exchange and the entire building was on their feet, so we knew that that was definitely something that people would want. Um, I just feel like Pentagon he, he's he's one of these just rare wrestlers where he's got this charisma and he can just he walks to the ring and everybody's watching every single breath he takes like. He just knows how to capture the room, and, and and as you and like you just mentioned, Kenny's just what what a guy. Like I, Nick and I have known for ten years what what everybody now knows uh, that he was he's one of the best. But but really, the last couple of years, he's he's shown everybody just how good he is. And and uh, well, I mean, we've watched firsthand because we've been ringside for every one of his big matches. Uh, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what kind of a match he can put on with, with Penta because it's, it's such a different style. So uh, it, it'll be different than what we're used to seeing with him in, in New Japan, I think, because Penta is such a different type of wrestler. So I, I'm really, really excited about that. And, and Marty and Okada. Marty is is such a clever wrestler. He's, it's funny because he's a littler guy. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's probably even smaller than us. But you would never think so because the way he carries himself, he 
He's larger than life. He's such a character. He's so smart in the ring. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he uh, has in mind against Okada. I'm excited you guys are, are going to be on the Fight app because the folks that don't know, it's F-I-T-E. It's a free app. Uh, if you have a Wi-Fi and a smart device, you're in the game. That's all you need. Yep. And so uh, I would highly recommend uh, downloading for free the Fight app and uh, and checking out all the activities. That was another big get, fellas, for you for you guys. Was that also orchestrated by uh, the three of you? Yeah. Yep, for sure. Good job. Uh, we we uh, we wanted to uh, make the event available for as many eyeballs as possible. So, uh, and uh, they've done a lot of work with a lot of the uh, the independent groups around the world, and uh, and it, it's always a great view. So. We knew for sure we had to get them on board, so we were happy about that. They they always do very good stuff, and and we've known Mike Weber from back in our days, ten years ago in TNA, and he's kind of our contact with fight. Yep. Uh, they're just very reliable, and, and and I know in this day and age, like man, so many times there's been streaming uh, problems with yeah. different companies, and and we knew that fight's very reliable, so we wanted them. Uh, uh, part of our team absolutely mike's a good dude i work with mike at uh, wcw uh and yep. i've known him for a long time he's a, he's good and i for about a year when they first launched that thing i was you know helping them with social media as far as endorsing promoting things of that nature so i'm a big user of the fight app so folks if you get a chance you can't be in chicago you don't already have a ticket you, you, you're not going to be left out watch it right. in the comfort of your own home watch it on your phone watch it on your tablet all you need yep. is Wi-Fi and a smart device, and you're in the game, and I couldn't uh, encourage you to do more. Hey, I got a kick out of your over-budget battle royal term. <laughs> oh, that's a shoot. <laughs> I love that. I, I knew exactly what you are getting at. You got, you got buddies, and you got friends that want to get booked. They, want to, they need yeah. a payday. Can you get us on the card? And so here's one way of facilitating that for your pals. I love it. Uh, and, and you know what? It's, it's definitely a shoot because uh, – Man, are we over budget. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's funny, too, because Cody, uh, I think he first put on the all-in account that it was a 15-man battle royal. Oops. We are so <laughs> over the 15-man number now. Like, like, as soon as we put the 15-man up, it was like everybody started coming out of the woodwork. And you know what? And a lot of these guys, man, deserving so. It's like, you know what? They do deserve a spot on this show. You know what? Yeah. Let's make it a 20-man battle royal. Now, I don't even know what the numbers are at this point. <laughs> I love it, though. Good. It's good. And that shows you guys have got your your peers, your 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 the, your, your road guys, everybody, your, your buddies, your friends, you got them in your in your head as well. It's just not about the thing I've loved about this promotion since the get go. It isn't. It's not about uh, the young bucks and Cody. It's about right. a lot of people doing a lot of hard work and being on this card. And I think you guys have been remained very objective. This is a this is a hell of a card. This is a big time level card. That if I wasn't going to be in Chicago, I would certainly be sitting in front of my TV and and watching this event on the Fight app. It's just. It's too good to pass up. So congratulations on that deal. Uh, Thank you. Hey, uh, I have, have started checking out your uh, YouTube channel, and, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I and I understand your your you and I get this that you're it's programmed to maybe not my demo because I'm an old dude, uh, but I as a wrestling fan and someone that you know, considers himself a somewhat of a student of the game, I enjoy the process. I enjoy how you incorporate. Our, it's, it's like booking. That's all you're yeah. doing. Producing is booking. 
Yeah. Booking is casting. So you've done a hell of a job. How how'd that idea come about? And how do you guys find time to do the damn thing? Oh man, it, it's uh, it's become pretty stressful. But uh, uh, man, uh, you know what? Uh, we started a YouTube channel years and years ago, probably uh, over a decade ago, and uh, it just didn't catch on. And uh, I think it's man, maybe three years ago. Now we uh, we were like, man, you know what? We should try uh, to do another YouTube channel now that uh, more uh, people know us. So. Uh, we started it, and it, it just started as a uh, just Matt and myself and uh, Kenny doing these short little bits just to try to make ourselves laugh. But it it really <laughs> didn't catch on with uh, our fans. And then I I thought of an idea where man maybe we should start doing like a vlog about our travels because that's kind of interesting. So uh, we, we started out doing that, and then it turned into pretty much what you see now, which is storylines mixed with vlogs and everything uh between uh, that and wrestling and it's uh it's caught on and it, man it it's helped us huge it helped it's helped us big time with a lot of things and the fans love it yeah i feel like i feel like once the the show started getting really popular uh everything changed for us because at first everybody liked us as professional wrestlers you think of the young bucks you go, oh yeah those guys i like their matches they're fun but once we started putting the show up and we we took people basically on a tour of our personal lives and we introduced them to to our family members and our friends and our favorite restaurants and stuff like that now now they know us on a personal level on a deeper level and and now we're talking to them blog style we're, we're just we're talking to them with with thoughts in our head it's not some rehearsed professional wrestling promo in front of a background you know like mm-hmm. so, so they felt like they knew us almost like as the show grew our meet and greet lines grew as well and our merch numbers grew as well because now people they saw firsthand that they what they were exactly supporting you know what i mean so yep. like, and it got to the point where Nick and I were like, okay, this is fun, it, it, but it's kind of becoming repetitive. It's okay. How many times do I show people we're on an airplane? And how many times do I vlog <laughs> from a hotel room? So we started mixing in the idea of, of having storyline elements in the show as well. But the way we, we would blend it, it would be like, for, for one scene, it would be a real-life vlog from me and Nick, and then a second later, we're doing a bit. So people started like thinking wait what which part's real which part's fake it's like they started buying into this stuff you know what i mean and and as we went on the show's kind of gotten a little more over the top like we've literally had a whodunit we've had we've had uh we've had sci-fi elements in our show we've just really really silly stuff that we find ultimately the show's a comedy i think uh, but we've also toyed with a lot of drama as well. It's like we we really like to have people feel all the types of different emotions, and and I think as the shows progressed, we we've had we've created our own little platform, and now we've introduced various characters on the show. We have all of our friends on. So it's really given us a, a a place to show people who we are creatively, and it's so fun because we put it out. You know, usually every Monday or Sunday. And every single fan of ours who subscribes, they all watch it at once together. So it's it's almost become like our own version of our Monday Night Raw. Correct. You know, like every 
everybody watches together. They all gift the thing together on Twitter and kind of like tag the, being the elite hashtag along and everybody watches along. So it's really, it's been the biggest thing I would say in our career. And it's so funny because now when everybody, anybody sees us or runs into us, it's oh, the first thing they say is, I love your show. It's never, I like that match you had last week, or I love this match. It's just, I love your YouTube show. So we've, we've more or less become uh, more of YouTube stars than we have uh, wrestlers now at this point. <laughs> well, you know, we got a, a huge international audience with this show, thank God. And because uh, baby's got to eat. <laughs> so uh, old man's got to eat, folks. But the point is, is that the, you can consume the YouTube content anywhere you live. You know, you know right. saying this is a great thing. And uh, the uh, UFL, the city was very classic, I thought. And uh, you guys are just very <laughs> creative. Here's the thing about it, fellas. You know who you are, and you want your audience to know that as well. You, you've got more than one uh, vehicle to accomplish that. If I don't understand this, in the world of independent contractors, I'm not saying that's the way to go or, or not. It's just the way that it is. So you're, you're playing with the same rules everybody else is in that respect. But if you're an independent contractor, therefore you're basically an entrepreneur in this entertainment entity that we're in, then in the, you don't use social media, then you're lazy and you're unmotivated right. and you're not very bright. The thing about if I'm a, and there's a lot of wrestlers listening to this show, whether you, you like the young bucks or you don't, I don't really care. I like them. I think they're the best tag team in the business, but what I do like even more is, is that entrepreneurial spirit of thinking outside the box and mm-hmm. and finding the common ground that you and your audience can stand upon. And that's right. so important, guys. And as long as you can keep your eye on that prize, there's just no there's no boundaries. There's no ceiling. Yeah, you're right. It's like uh, don't rely on getting over from your promoters or bookers. Get yourself over. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? We, we all have the same tools. So it's not like, like any of us have an advantage over the other. Like, like we have the same tools. You know what that tool is? It's, it's, that, it's that phone in, in your pocket. And, and, yeah. and we, we utilize that thing to the best of our knowledge. You know, like uh, if, if we have a new T-shirt out, well, I'm putting out a link on Twitter about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just within a press of a button and we can all be doing it. And, and, and it's one of those things where even on your days off, you're still essentially, if you're working hard, you're working even on your days off because yeah. you're, you're on your social media and you're, and you're putting out free content. And, and it's really it's just about who's willing to work harder than you. And, and Nick and I haven't really found anybody yet that is willing to work harder than us. And that's why we are where we are right now. It's, it's because we don't stop. No, you don't. And that's a, that's a great, it's a great attitude. It's refreshing to see it. Uh, so many guys, if they're in a company where they're getting a, a, a nice guaranteed contract, that becomes their number. That becomes yeah. their comfort zone. And man, I tell Tal, I used to tell Tal this all the time. You know, don't don't reside too long in your damn comfort zone. Because if right. you, if you're not growing, what are you doing? Well, you're you're dying. You can't stay status quo in life. It's just yeah. always ways to get better. Be a better dad, better father, better wrestler. But if you just say, oh, oh, I don't need to be a better husband. I've already, she's got a nice ring and she's got a Rolex, and, right. you know, yep. yeah. a Benz, yep. you know, whatever. No, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, so you just take some woman to the mall and make her happy. I don't get that whole deal. So I, I like what you guys are doing in that regard. Uh, I enjoy uh, the fact the with the IWGP Tag Team Champions, 
the, these dudes have been the uh, junior champions more times than I can mention. But uh, I enjoy calling your match uh, at Dominion uh, when you guys beat uh, the Bullet Club OG. Oh, that was a good title defense. Uh, when you beat uh, Sonata, was Sonata and Evil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are good. Hey, those guys, those cats are good too now. Oh man, yeah, they are. That's, they bring the best out of us. Yeah, they're good. You, lo- you gotta love that. So I, I'm uh, proud of what you're doing, fellas. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, Alpha Club versus the Bullet Club. Uh, on the Jericho cruise, I call it the slobber knocker at sea. I don't think anybody else calls it that. <laughs> I love it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we got We got to feed our massive egos here. It's the slobber knocker at sea, or it's the uh, Chris Jericho cruise. ChrisJerichoCruise dot com, folks. By the way, real quick here, less than hundred cabins remain. Oh wow! And Jerry Lawler and I are going to be uh, hosting that. I have no idea what that means. But uh, we're booked. <laughs> we're booked. That's going to be fun. I'm excited. And yeah, we'll, I, it's going to be a. It could be also a, a, a recipe for disaster with the wrestlers <laughs> with all that. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to have my kids there, but I'm going to be holding them close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, put a bell around their neck so you can always find them. As my dad used to say to, in a crowd. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. In, in, in any event, it's uh, it's all it's good stuff, man. And I, I I really admire you, dudes. I'm happy that I we've got to know each other just a little bit on our off meetings. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on the show. Nothing but success, Absolutely. fellas. And I'm I, I I'm coming to Chicago on that Saturday night, uh, ostensibly to watch uh, you two dudes and uh, and Cody. But the card is 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 deep, and I'm really looking forward to as a wrestling fan sitting there enjoying what you guys have produced and celebrating in your success. So uh, congratulations, guys, and I really do appreciate you joining me here today. And you come back anytime you choose. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for And I'm, I'm so excited that you're going to be there. So I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to see you at the Cheer Center, man. All right, me too, boys. Thanks very much, fellas. Enjoy your time at home. I know it doesn't come that often, and I'll see you in Chicago. Good awesome. Man, I've had a lot of fun here today. I've enjoyed it a lot. And I had a great conversation with uh, the Jacksons, Nick, Matt, Young Bucks. Greatest tag team in the business right now. They're the best. That's something to shoot at. And they, they get it. They get it from a marketing standpoint, entrepreneurial standpoint. And uh, they, they are uh, a special duo. And they have their priorities straight. And for that, I'm a, a really, I really appreciate that. So I want to thank them for joining us here today. Fun interview, fun conversation. I didn't have one note. You know, I knew some all in September 1st, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, fight app, all that. But it's just a conversation between three guys that love the wrestling business. And hopefully to a lot of fans that enjoyed it as well. So thanks for the, thanks to the young bucks. Don't forget folks to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we want to try to get to about 1,500 five-star reviews by the end of the year, and we only we need 336 of them. So if you can help us out there, help a brother out, will you? Two Neelist says, he's left us a five-star rating, a great podcast from a gift to pro wrestling. Weathered all the storms and keeps running and reaching for the stars on Casey Gaze. And a lot of broadcasters can learn from this legendary announcer. Well, I don't know about that, but it's nice to hear, and I appreciate it. I'm glad you have confidence in me. Uh, Belgard 54 says, if that is his real name, I have to say, hands down, the best podcast I subscribe to. Nothing beats the voice and the insight of good old JR. 
keep up the excellent work. I appreciate that. We work hard. We have a good team here. Westwood One's a great place to hang your hat. I, I am enjoying it. So, folks, remember to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to your Slobberknocker audio. And, again, leave us that five-star rating. It takes about a minute, two maybe. Uh, get your little thumbs to working. You're cool. And uh, we appreciate it very much. We got uh, an interesting show next week because when I was in Nashville last week, Rick Flair and I talked, hell, it seemed like all afternoon. It was great. So good. So we'll talk to Nate next week about a lot of things, including the NWA title being decided at all in and what Rick's thoughts are on that, the NWA in general. Uh, so Nate will be back with us next week. He's really going to like this. He's very compelling, very open, very honest, and very has great insight. Obviously, why not? He's Ric Flair. And then we're also going to have a special presentation where we're going to break the news of the new PWI number one. And the PWI 500, the big issue that comes out every year, most sold, most bought issue of the year in wrestling magazines. Uh, and the PWI 500 is coming out imminently next week on our show. We'll have not only Dan Murphy from PWI, we'll also have the winner and the person that will be on the cover of the PWI 500 issue. So a packed show next week as well. I hope you'll check us out. Remember, uh, the King and I are in... Uh, Good old Chicago, Rosemont, Chicago land, uh, this Thursday night for our second J.R. and the King live show. Hope you can join us there. Tickets available at the door if you if you haven't bought your tickets yet. Uh, come see us. You'll have a lot of fun, I promise you. And tickets on both VIP and GA level general mission uh, are still available. So uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, I, I certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'm very grateful for your support, telling friends about our show. Uh, remember to go out and do something nice to somebody before somebody that's not expecting it. You'll feel so much better being a good human being and trying to help others. It's a big deal, and we don't see enough of it in our world these days, no matter where you live. Be kind to others. It's not a hard theory, hard proposition to figure out. So until then, from the mighty Westwood One in Los Angeles, California, Culver City to be exact, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect. Who is the real you? Me? The real me yeah. is 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 more is a lot what you get on the podcast. I mean, that's you know, you know me. That that's pretty much the real me. So I you know, you wonder what people are really like, you know, what their real interests are, you know, or if they're just pretty much what they what you see is what you get. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.